My name is Nate Phillips, and I am the champion of J.I.W. After our debut episode of season four took the world by storm, the high, yeah, that's right, the highest rated premiere in J.I.C.N. history, and it's all because of me, and this is my confidant, the man closest to me. Hit him with a little bit of that bubbly buckles. Check us out on Journey Into Wrestling, where the podfather and I run down everything from the bingo halls to the brightest delights. If it's in between the ropes, it's on Journey Into Wrestling, every other Wednesday on the Journey Into Comics Network. Following, following the following is a journey into comics. Journey into comics. A journey into comics. A journey into comics. Journey into comics. Journey into comics. Network. 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 Production. Production. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is episode forty-six of Poor Three Hundred and Sixty. The show that covers topics of importance and topics that are going around the world. I am joined on this great episode by the podfather himself, Nate Phillips. How are you doing today, Nate? Dude, I'm here, hanging out. How's it going? It's going all right. Sorry, my cat decided now is the time to bite my hand. Um, <laughs> it's going well. It's uh, It's been kind of hectic. I feel like as we're getting close to the holiday season, like a lot of stuff's like, oh, I do this, this, and this before I leave. Which is always always fun. Before we were started podcasting, we were just talking about all the fun with traveling and family and all that. So, and I know you just were just not really traveling, but you were on the road right before we started recording. Man, I feel like I live in a car anymore. You know, doing shows, going here, going to dad's, going V's house, having to travel for every other little thing going on, travel for jobs and whatnot, like. It's been nonstop disco, man, but it's it's nice to finally sit down and be like, let's talk about some shit we haven't talked about in a hot minute, man. Right. I mean, it's going to be nice, at least the amount of time in the cars that you can actually, you can just absorb information while you're just, like, in the quiet. You're like, I'm going to put a podcast on, I'm going to put the radio on, I'm going to listen to whatever is going on with the news, and just, like, just take it in, because you you're a captive audience. You're just like, I can either stay at the road and listen to music, or I can learn some stuff. I'm going to be an absolute sucker right now and reveal something about myself that no one knows, and you're going to make fun of me, and that's fine because that's life. I'm fucking used to it. So (laughs) I actually would drive to and from Hoopston. This is not a lie. Listening on, because I'm an AT&T member, I get Dish or DirecTV for free on my phone. And if I'm using AT&T, it doesn't charge my data. So I can watch stuff and I don't use any data. It's amazing. So I watched a lot of the impeachment proceedings while I was driving in a fucking car. Uh, And took in a, like you said, took in a vast amount of information. I would have CNN or whatever channel on, on the direct TV. And I would just hook it up to the Bluetooth and listen. I don't need to watch their mouths move. I was just absorbing like all the crazy shit that was going on and that is going on in our world currently. Right, and there's definitely a lot. It seems like, like I've been having a hard time trying to keep up with all of it, just because I was like, I was traveling for work, and then I was just doing stuff around the house. So like my nights, I was not listening to anything. So it's like I went from work to doing work, and it was just like, 
no time soon. So I have like a backlog of like twelve podcast episodes I still need to work through. Like the last thing I listened to was yours and Tyler's podcastrophe. Oh wow, that's been a couple weeks actually. Yeah, I am I am a couple weeks behind on a lot of things. Like normal TV shows like all the the CW stuff I'm behind on and which I really want to get caught up because I know Crisis is like two weeks away. So or no, just maybe just one week. December eighth, so it's it is technically two weeks. We got this week and then the very following week is not Crisis and the week after that would be. Right. So definitely excited for that, but yeah, I'm just, I have a backlog and it's just like trying to get through all the ones. I think I have <laughs> just like, I'm like, oh, I'm going to download it just so I can listen to it. And then I just go from one podcast into the next. But yeah, I have, let's see what it says, the amount of podcast I have downloaded to listen to. I have 10 episodes of shows. Hell yeah. That's a lot of shows. Yeah. But I still have to listen to your Stay of the Network. I saw you did one of those. Yeah, man, I was feeling frothy. I know we had had a meeting as a group. There was a lot of stuff that uh, can come from the future of the network and everything. And uh, while we're in transition and don't officially have another show for Friday, not that we don't have shows to do, but we just haven't officially launched anything into Friday, I thought it was a good time to just kind of get out there and, and put something something together that was about what we are trying to do now, that we're two years and change deep in this. Definitely. Thing. Definitely. I, I still want to listen to that, but I know I was in the meeting, so I know a lot of kind of what's in the pipeline and what some of our ideas are. So definitely all excited for what's to come in 2020. But Yeah, you and insider, you know all that insider knowledge. <laughs> I, it's good. It's good to be on the other side. Not to say like the people on the network that aren't in our little group aren't privy to all this information. Like we're all, but they don't we're all like getting in the they don't like getting inundated with it as much. No, they they don't get in the weeds. They're just like, oh, it looks all it all looks good from here. Just they don't need to peel back the curtain too far to see what's going on. No, not at all. And that's okay though, because you know, uh, I think that that's how we operate. Kind of our best is like everybody puts in what they want and they get out of it what they want, and we all get something out of it, which is incredible. Right. So like we all have little like. We're one big, like, company, and we all have, like, little... All of our episodes are little, like, franchises off it. We all can kind of run our own show our way, but it's, like, it's nice to have that general guiding light to move our shows, shows towards and just keep them all humming along. Yeah, or be what I've unintentionally become, which is, like, the pod psychiatrist or therapist, the pod therapist. Like, hey, it's okay. Your show's fine. Like, you just keep doing it. If you're worried about your idea, you just... Like, be a little creative in this way or, you know, try to be, like, a muse for people, as it were. And, right. And that's always fun to just, like, no, everything's cool. Just keep be- being creative because that's going to ultimately be what makes you, uh, I think, the happiest. But uh, we're just rambling at this point about being creative and whatnot. So, right. Uh, and you're definitely, I think, one of the better people to, like, bounce ideas off of. Like, I'm always like, oh, I want to kind of want to do this. And you're like, yeah, do that. Have you thought about this? And I'm like, I have not. That is a good point. And then just... <laughs> It's just good. Like sometimes when you're in your own head, you're like, "I, this seems like a good idea." And then you're about to start, like, "That's great. Try this." And I'm like, "Ah, better, better." 
Yeah, man. Yeah. It, it's weird because I think I, I everything is a filter through me in a different way where I see other people's ideas and I go, what if that was my idea? How would I execute that concept? So then my brain really, and you've seen it, you just talked about it. My brain starts firing with all these like crazy concepts. And it's like, whoa, slow down. Like, take right. a deep breath. It was like our uh, our little foodie specials, um, pot, like mini podcast to kind of bridge the gap. That was a, that was a, basically like in a parking lot conversation that created that show. Yes, it was. It was uh, right before we, uh, or right after we watched Jay and Bob reboot. We were just talking in like, like nine thirty at night or something, just shooting the breeze, and then just like. Oh, we should do this, and it's just like it kind of just spitballing it back and forth, and came up with that show that's gonna get us into the next season. So it's nice how those things kind of come together. Totally, man. Everything's nice coming you're, together you in our world. S- yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to jump on that, but it's nice that like you and Sarah could have like also it's like, and we have a logo for this one. I was like, oh man, look at that. <laughs> oh man, look at these fine folks. Oh yeah, getting it done. Oh my gosh! Oh no! But man, I guess. I, uh, uh... Oh, go ahead. No, you you go ahead. You are leading the charge. I'm just <laughs> rambling over here. Oh, I it it it's one of those nights. It's it's a not super late, but it's it's getting up there, especially for, uh, for me having to get up in like eight hours. But it is what it is. But I think um, we kind of just kind of steer this back to kind of why a lot of the listeners come to this show. Um, beyond hearing our wonderful voices, uh, so they kind of want to know what's going on in the world. I know before we get into probably the big uh, elephant in the room, I know there's a lot going on on the Democratic side of things. We just had a debate last week. I haven't yet to watch. I got to see a little, a uh, couple bits and pieces, some sound bites, but I haven't really done the whole thing. I know you've been keeping up with those. Did you get a chance to uh, watch or listen to the last debate? I did uh, watch a strong portion of the last debate. It was really weird. It happened on Wednesday, and for anybody who knows, I'm a super fucking wrestling nerd. So Wednesday night, I was like, "Uh, but you, uh, I, 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 what the? But the, I want to watch wrestling. Like, I can't, I can't watch the debate. So as soon as wrestling was over, dude, I flipped over to the debates, and like, I had already right. gotten an email from Andrew Yang telling me like the first thirty minutes at MSNBC didn't give him a single question to let him talk, and I'm like, oh my god, okay, here we go. You know, yeah. but uh, well, at least you got state. At least you got on the stage. There were some that didn't. So true, and there's some that are on the stage that don't, to me, make sense why they're on the stage. They don't like, deserve just, to be on the stage. Yeah, I mean, and we, and we can go. We've kind of, I mean, last time, one of the last times I was on, we went through a Democratic debate and talked about some of the candidates, and there were like 25 people fucking running. And at this point, you know, Eric Swalwell is now more famous for Fartgate than he is for. Uh, I saw uh, that. I mean, did you did you actually watch it though? I watched the. I saw because his face tells it all, it. dude. Yeah, but like he knew, like he, they tried to make it seem like that was her, but like after he did it, like he totally like you could tell in his face that like, yep, I farted on camera on recording. That's now going to be memed for life. Yeah, it was like a shit-eating, I hate to say it like that, but it was like a shit-eating grin of just like, oh, that was cool, you know, and I was just like. Oh, did he really damn. just do that on on TV like that, bro? Like, Man, did I just like, really I can, witness that happen? Like, I can understand that that happens, and 
I didn't realize that some of those mics they're wearing are that sensitive to pick it up, but maybe thought it was going to be a quiet one he could let squeak out, but, oh, that's... But, yeah, like... There, <laughs> it's really funny to me that we're talking about this right now, of all things, but, like, it's just Eric Swalwell denying it is just, like, as bad as the Republicans denying that there was no collusion and there's no investigation into the Bidens. Right. Like, come on, be real, dude. You know, exactly. and... Uh, to to talk briefly on the debate, uh, someone who I have been saying, and you can look back on your show and you know that this is crucible, you've heard me say it time and time again, but, like, the dude is Mayor Pete. He is the fucking dude, and he's going to do it. I think he's got a really strong chance now. He's polling huge in Iowa. He kind of has kind of created a little bit of a stir because he's got a little bit more of a conservative values, and that's really coming right. out now. Uh, which doesn't make me super thrilled, but he he seems like the guy who, of all the people, actually kind of has thought about how to steer the country right back to the right path, as right. opposed to your Liz Warrens, who I love Liz. She's just a big-ass dreamer who yeah, I don't really... Th- I don't know. Yeah, the, the lot, a lot of the... There's a lot of very left... Democratic cadence right now that I think is not exactly what we need. Like I know it, it's it's nice in theory, but I think you got to find someone who's going to able to not quite bridge the gap, but be able to get some more conservative support to like get stuff across. And I think the fact that uh, uh, Pete is a he's a veteran, he's has experience in a diverse um, city. I don't actually, I actually don't know how far away that is from you, that city. South Bend is about uh, an hour and 25 minutes away from here. It's not super, super far away. We played shows right outside of South Bend in a town called Mishawaka. Um, honestly, Mayor Pete has his hands full in, in, in that city and has had to deal with a cop killing a black man and has had to deal with racial discriminations and all kinds of really major national stage leveled stuff right you know and i think that's why he's the best tempered you look at a candidate like uh i hate to throw her ass under the bus but i'm just gonna do it you look at a candidate like kamala harris and i mean let's be real man she's not for the good of the people she has done some really shady shysty tactics to leave people who have had minor cannabis offenses incarcerated beyond their actual uh you know, uh, sentencing and had all kinds of crazy issues in her state. Um, and then you look at someone like Amy Globachar, and I just don't think she's likable. I just, I struggle to eat. Like every time Amy, every time Amy Klobuchar talks, it's just like, she's struggling to get words out of her mouth. Right. I think Joe Biden also has that problem too right now. That bitch got too many teeth in his mouth. That's the problem. I mean, I'm just gonna keep it real. Yeah, that, like that one debate where it's just like looks like ha- like a bridge just like dropped out of his mouth. Like oh, well, that's... and then and, and then it's like the the one debate where he said, and I quote: "People, homophobia is not a problem. America's just scared of gay people." Yeah, he's. He's very old school in some things. Like it's like some of like grandpa. You can't say that anymore. That's a lot of the things. Like, remember said something about um, in the the last debate about uh, he used punching and like domestic abuse in the same sentence. 
Yeah, oh yeah, we're gonna keep hitting it hard, he said. And oh, I'm like, oh, just, just oh, word what choice. A dumbass. Like, oh, but yeah, I have, I have relatives who really like uh, Chloe Bouchard, which I think is interesting. I don't just know enough about her. She seems very, I don't know, it, well, her, forgettable her, her might stick. be the, I think just her stage presence, she's very forgettable. Oh, she is me. very forgettable. It's it's that she's forgettable. Her bang is always shaking. She always looks like she's shaking. Like maybe she has Parkinson's or some shit. I'm not trying to dog on people with Parkinson's. I know that's very unfortunate, but it does look like she's like anytime she's trying to get words out, her head is really shaking when I watch her. You know, and, right? Uh, and I feel it, like you can't put that person against Trump because Trump, it's he needs an easy target. I feel like that would be like just on it's doggy dog, her, but doing his like his schoolyard tactics would just feed off of that because he's gonna go amy klobuchar did you hear about this lady and then just start ripping into her and if you don't have thick fucking skin and you can't hang and you don't have a defense mechanism or a plan to deal with trump's attacks right you're fucked and we can't have somebody like that all those i mean that's how we defeat all those republican candidates in 2016 it's like they were all trying to yeah he he went right like we're reading like People who went right into the mud got couldn't do it right, and he was just he was just like Teflon, like nothing could stick to him. Yeah, well, so. and I think that's just to the slimy nature of a of a slug. Uh, but but uh, all in all, I want to say this: closing thoughts on the Democrats, what's coming in twenty twenty, the debate. I feel like no matter what, no matter how you shake it, I think that we can't even begin to decide who we really want as president when i frame this question up to you i want you to to take a second and then retort to me on how it would change your opinion right now everybody is saying we needed a candidate that can defeat donald trump would you would you agree yes okay so everyone thinks we have to have a candidate to defeat donald trump however right now and we're probably going to be talking about it here shortly he's kind of defeating himself and making it almost unquestionable that he is not going to be the Republican running guy in this next term. He's not going to run for a second term. And then I have another weird theology on that. And I'll tell you about that in a second too. Uh, But so if he gets removed from office or doesn't get removed from office, gets impeached, it sullies his name. He steps down, whatever the fucking deal is. He isn't going to run again, which means now the paradigm shift is completely changed. Now I'm going to ask you a different question. Donald Trump is not going to be the guy that we have to defeat. We do need a Democratic president in office coming into 2020, though, to hopefully fix some actual problems that have arisen in this four-year gap. So who would you vote for if Donald Trump was not an X factor? And does that change how you think about voting? Hmm. See, it does. Yeah, I think you're right. It would change because right now you're trying to find a counterpoint to Trump. You're, that's what a lot of people are looking for. They're not looking for the best Democratic candidate. They're looking for someone that's either is enough that aligns with left our ideals but still has is a, just a good foil to him to not get blown over by his personality in the debates and just lose. They, they really just want someone to win because I feel like they no Democrat wants to see four more years of Trump and I think a good chunk of Republicans don't want to either. Well, and I think that it's not even that they need to beat Trump as much as right now, overall, Democrats desperately need a win. 
just a right. basic framed win. Because even right now, as we are getting ready to dive into this impeachment shit, it's not so cut and dry. It, 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 it There's just been too much... It's not even filibustering. There's just been too many shenanigans allowed. Like, and, 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 and you know, I can... And I can definitely further dive into what I mean by that. But, like, when you are in an impeachment proceeding and you have someone like, say, Devin Nunez, which we'll dive into that story, I'm sure, on this show, mm -hmm. uh, who is literally a mouthpiece for the president, who is also involved in the same investigation he's investigating? What? Uh, yeah. How does that work? And then you're trying to, like, sully the name and tarnish the fact that there's any realism to it. I wouldn't play bullshit with that man. If right. it, Like, literally, as soon as Adam Schiff heard that there's information about this whole Devin Nunez situation, he should have immediately said, we're going to have more impeachment hearings, calling Devin Nunez to the stand. And grill his ass. And don't fucking play fair. And don't be kind and gentle and, oh, you know, uh, speaking ranking member Nunez, what do you think? Devin Nunez, you fucking traitor to the country. Why are you trying to dig dirt up on the Bidens to help uh, Trump, who you are also saying is innocent and didn't do anything wrong while you be are being complicit to his crimes like too many things are wrong with the system right now and right. uh yeah yeah trump is definitely his own worst enemy at this point and i and you you touch on the fact that um we, we need someone uh a democratic president that can reverse all this stuff and i know there's a lot of there's a lot of legislation that's being pushed through. It's currently kind of being held up, and a lot of stuff with this whole impeachment proceedings going on is kind of put things on the back burner. And we've even, um, I don't know, we've seen like judges and all that stuff being. And we talked about it when you were on here last about um, if you could mulligan, not mulligan, but if they could undo some of his court picks and all this stuff. But yeah, I think there is going to need to be, I think two terms of a Democratic president to even fix not even a full term that Trump's done so far. Yeah, just to warm it up. Right. Just to get everything in place. Because, first of all, you can't have no offense, and, and, and we can dive into this. Let's say Bernie's the guy, and, and I love Bernie Sanders. I think that he is a firecracker motherfucker who... I'm sorry to anybody who is in your family that listens to this show that was like, usually Andrew does not curse, and I'm in here. Fuck this, fuck that, motherfucker. <laughs> sorry. Um, that's right. just who I am, and I'm, and I'm just keeping it real. But, like, um, you know, I think that the first four years, you can't have Bernie come in and just executive order the shit out of everything that Trump has done because it looks bad. It actually makes it. It makes it then a different game that next time there's a Republican, what's he going to do? The same fucking thing. Right. So Democrats have to almost set the example. They have to be the adults in the room. That's why this is so difficult. Right. Because I remember when they show like the how um, the media reacts to what one president done versus another when it's a similar situation, like how Fox News. Whenever Obama would use an executive order, thought it was like political overreach and dictator-like and all that. But when Trump was doing it, they thought it was like, oh, he's cutting through the red tape. He's making things more efficient and all this, that, and the other. And I was just like... Getting right like, down to business, yeah. Right. But it's it's all just spin. It's just... But yeah, I think... Yeah, and I honestly think a lot of the candidates that are running on the Democratic side, 
I think don't have more than a term in them before they're going to be not so much obsolete, but they're going to yeah they're not someone who can do eight years of leading. Like if you look at Bernie, uh, Warren, and Biden, those those three have I think one term in them before I think that's time to bring in some fresh blood. They might be the front runners, or I don't know how the polls are looking at this exact moment, but yeah, I think I think there's kind of a one and done there, and I think, I think the worst thing that would happen is if there was a the next term, let's say twenty twenty goes the way we want it to, and there's a Democratic president, but they only get four years, and then it switches back to Republican. Then we're just right, right back where we started. Because even if we got to like, I'm gonna say it loosely but like a normal republican like think like bush era republican i long for bush era republicans man and i fucking hated george w bush right but like more like a more when i'm looking in a fucking locket yes more integrity absolutely but when i'm looking in the little locket Wishing and longing for the days of George W. Bush. Something has gone critically wrong with our country, you right. know, because there was a time where he was the worst that could happen to us. And in a lot of ways, I mean, you look at the time that George W. Bush was president and things kind of went off the rails, but differently. Right. And now and now you're like, uh, guys, like the kitchen's on fire. The house is on fire. The whole room is on fire. The world is on fucking fire. What are you doing? You have to at some point grab an extinguisher, and it's a game of chicken right now, man. It's right. a game of the Senate's not going to choose to impeach and remove and all this shit. And all I'm thinking is, you know what, man? Where are the fucking patriots like John McCain who, if he was still alive, he wouldn't have said shit. And as soon as they went to vote, he would have had the most epic speech and turned people and been like, right. oh, shit. This motherfucker thinks we need to impeach this guy, so let's do it, you know? And um, Lindsey Graham would still have his... Still have some no. balls enough to hold up against. Lindsey he was, Graham's balls are in Melania's purse. Just saying. Yeah, when because uh, when because he was he was McCain's like his right hand man, but he was his he was his buddy like that. They he were was always close on friends, his side. Yeah. But he just I think he was just kind of like um, those little fish that follow sharks around. I forget what those are called. Minnows. Like I minnows. Don't, I, don't, I don't think they're minnows. There's they have some weird name that kind of is like they're just like fall behind the sun. It's like they're safer there than they are like in front or behind. And if they when we lost McKinney, he just chose the next big fish or the next shark, and that was Trump. So it was just safer to him to get in line than to keep defending him or to keep correct to keep opposing him. Right. That's what I meant. Yeah, no, and like to to touch on that too is Lindsey Graham losing his integrity also comes from the fact of they look at the way the current Republican Party is, and if you don't step in line, you get stepped over. Right. And I mean, and and, and you're seeing that because you've got Trump going, never Trumpers like um, uh, Mitt Romney, and I'm like, yeah, I mean, Rip, Mitt Romney's still a piece of shit, but he's got you there, bro, because you're worse. God, give, so, me four, give me four years of him instead. <laughs> I mean, maybe for you, but that ultra-conservative shit can dip out of my life. Because uh, right. I think, I, I worry that Mitt Romney would almost be like, and let's touch on that. I'm going to use a different word that's not Mitt Romney related, but I think that people who are in Mitt Romney's state can sympathize with what's happening 
on a global scale because I honestly think that people who are still uh, believers of this president, people who are still following the the quote unquote, and this is not how I feel, obviously, but the good work of this president and everything, right. and 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 their belief that he can do no wrong, uh, they're all brainwashed, dude. It's not like a theory I have; it is fact. If you watch a Trump fanatic. That's what they are. They are a fanatic who is willing to defend their president to the death because they have been systematically brainwashed through actual Fox News where they have all this bullshit. And, and, and you know, I found a book at my dad's house recently. You're going to really appreciate this. The book was called How to Win a Fight with a Conservative. And it wasn't like a boxing match thing. It was actually how to verbally be more intelligent than conservatives. And I thought about the book and I went... This book is too fucking smart for where we are right now. Because even if I did all the tactics in this book, the current Trumper would find some tiny little fucking thing to try to volley back that they've heard is apparently truth. And because they heard it one time on one news station, it is crucible. Even if none of the facts back it up, even if there's no legitimacy and no truth to it. I mean, literally, that's what's going on with the Ukraine scandal as people are going, no, Russia didn't hack us, man. It was fucking Ukraine because that's what our president said. No, the intelligence agency, the FBI, the Federal Bureau of Investigations, that's their job, determined that Russia hacked our elections and determined Russia changed votes to help one candidate. And that candidate wasn't fucking Hillary Clinton. We're not dealing with four years of Hillary Clinton right now, are we? No. We are dealing with four years of Trump, and it's because of what happened in Russia. And what does that mean? 20, 30 years from now, AP, we're going to look back. We're going to be old dudes. We're going to sit back and go, man, do you remember the days of Trump? That was crazy. And do you remember when it became a mark of shame to be known as a Republican? Because that's what's happening. That party is being systematically dismantled from its own insides by its right. own people yeah it's 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 to an extreme of what we thought the the whole tea party thing was going to be it's it's fracturing and people are i think there's some people that are i forget what they're they're just i'm trying to think of the type of where it's like the the old type of republican in terms of the belief system all that is kind of falling away to the more extreme one that exists now and i think a lot of it's not. It's not something that can just go back. Like what Trump is on the can't be like. Oh, that was all just a show for him. Now we're now we're normal again. Like no, that's not. You can't. You've you shown can't, your true colors. You can't put the genie back in the bottle at that point. Like it's. It is can't what take, it is. You can't. You can't put Pandora back in its box. Right. Like it's. And I feel you like, let the dogs out. Well, you can't let them back in. Right. I wouldn't be surprised if. In the next decade, there might be. That the Republican Party might either split in two or kind of just fracture into a bunch of smaller parties, and then it becomes a structuring of the government on a well, it'd be on a national scale, obviously, but it'd have to be or just get rid of the the parties in general and just have seats and elections and all that, and just don't let people have a side to sit on. You got to all intermixed. I mean, I, I, I agree with that. I think what I what I can kind of see happening happening actually is gonna be this. Trump's gonna get removed from office and I and I actually am gonna predict it here. The Senate will 
vote to impeach him. And I know that means a lot of Republicans are going to have to change their mind. But I think a lot of Republicans are fucking fed up and not able to say anything. And you can't undo impeachment, bro. So if they wait and hold their tongue until it's time to vote and say, I vote yes for impeachment and it fucking damns him, he can't fuck with them. It's over. There's no other end game. There's no playing it out and waiting for him to call you shitty names. So let's say he gets removed. He's going to say it's a sham. It's fucking all the different things, you know, all the different bullshit uh, lies he says as a way to deflect or whatever. Right. And then we're going to see people who support Trump create a new party. It's not going to be the independent party. It's not even going to be the Republican party. It's going to be the new nationalist party or something to that effect. Right. And it's going to be the extreme worst of us. And and here's the thing. As a culture, we have to stand up and realize if we let that party stand, we are saying that it is okay in some regard for extreme racism, extreme xenophobia, extreme homophobia, and all these things that those people stand for. And you can't discount that. They stand for those things. It's a fact. It's a matter of fact. If we allow those things to stand, they will continue to be these kind of people. It is only right. when we stand up and say, yo, that fucking behavior is not cool and we'll put you in a goddamn jail cell if you don't stop. Yeah, we've we've allowed them to have time in the light, which is something they've just been craving. And they're not being condemned as actively as they once were. So they're just like, why, why hide it myself anymore? I'm not getting penalized for this. I'm actually getting praised for what I'm doing. Let's just keep it up and make and really let the really let the animal out really no longer hide when I true feelings true intentions it's just let it be as crazy extreme and as damning to really a lot of minorities and people that are just different the what they classify as other than like well, if you're if you're not a a white citizen of America who believes right. that you know and I, and no offense but like the fucking bullshit lie that somehow in some way we are this special species and culture. Like we are literally all from other fucking immigrants melting pot, bro. Right. There's not a single part of me. That's 100% North American male doesn't exist. Right. Oh, you need, you think it exists. Do your 23 and me. Let's see. Yeah, I did. I have mine. Yeah. That's always, that's a fun one. Do you have anything crazy on there? You weren't expecting to see like, holy shit, Zimbabwe. What? Um, yeah, like the 0.3% sub-Saharan African is always the fun one. I know that's just a weird margin of error thing, but I'm just like, yeah, I'm just a lot of Eastern European. That's what a lot of people who are in America are from. Correct. Yeah, but you, all this talk though, if you want to see this, like, serious with the community, you really got to see Jojo Rabbit. That is, that is an experience. Yeah, you saw that, and I can't wait to further discuss that with you on a show where we discuss those kind of things. Because yes. we'll totally we'll totally divert your show if we get into Jojo Rabbit. Because that's a I told you as soon as I saw the trailer, I was like, I need to see that movie. Right. Well, it's got, it's directed and starring your guy, but oh man, yeah. But oh we'll my not... God, a hammer pulled you off. Yeah, we'll not uh we'll not get into it because that that's. Something they'll definitely get into on another show. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, but anyways, uh, you know, when we discuss doing this show, and I'm not taking over your show, I'm just more uh, riffing on your right. behalf. Yeah, you no worries, had said something to the effect of like, you know, hey man, I've been fucking crazy busy and shit. Like, wow, hello kitty cat. Was that was that Rory? Well, that's Daisy. That's the oldest. Oh, hi Daisy. She uh, uh I think they just want food. It happens. Aww. 
But uh, you had said, you know, you've been kind of traveling a lot. You've been kind of out of the loop and whatnot. And you wanted to ask me some stuff about what had been going on specifically with the impeachment proceedings. Now, I watched almost every single public hearing testimony from almost all 12 witnesses. I think I only missed two. Or if I missed, quote-unquote, missed them, I missed like the first 20 minutes of them and then caught back up after the whole thing was over. So uh, where do you want to start on this, bro? Well, I think the one of the biggest things I saw that I don't know if it happened like early last week, but it involved like a highly decorated uh, official that was basically getting like thrown under the bus for this group. Like, someone who has like been around for like a ton of administrations and has been doing her job like since like, she first started her career. I can't remember her name now. It's uh, it was like Maria. a foreign sounding name. It's Maria Yovanovitch, also known as Masha Yovanovitch. Yes. And she is kind of the gatekeeper in the whole story because, see, her position is to determine and to be a part of, because she's the top uh, aide to Ukraine, she essentially determines what the policy is and what they're going to agree to do and what they're going to agree not to do. So removing her, and and now the Republicans are going to automatically say removing her is okay. The president has that right. He can appoint whoever he wants. Totally true. I agree with right. that. However, when you have someone who is a top diplomat who's been there, who knows the system, and the only reason you happen to remove her is because you're trying to run this side channel, and if a regular president is going to... Like, Obama removed a ton of people from their positions as diplomats, and do you know what never happened? A smear campaign against that person. And that's right. what happened with Masha Yovanovitch. And unfortunately for the Trump administration, it's the start of their downfall because it all spirals from that. Every right, but, witness worked with her. Every person loved her. Everyone didn't understand. Even her boss, who had to fire her, said, I don't know why this is happening. You did nothing wrong. Right. Like, he chose the wrong person to try to make an example out of. Correct. Like, someone who's and, been involved with... The same amount of people he's been involved with, but so much of the time that's not going to believe anything he says about her. It's like, I worked with her for years. I know that person. Like, I know that person a lot better than I know you. Well, and this is where it gets interesting because who, the, the, the who of who was a part of the smear campaign and who was trying to uh, get her fired or get her removed from her diplomat status in Ukraine makes the story most interesting. Okay. Uh, there's there's two names, uh, Parnas and Fruman, Lev Parnas and Ed Fruman, I think, or George Fruman. I don't know. I don't know what the fucking guy. The Fruman guy's name, I can never remember his first name. It might be Igor, actually, as I'm sitting here <laughs> thinking about it. Igor Fruman. Uh, but anyways, uh, they're associates of Rudy Giuliani. They oh, were on I remember a seeing one- these guys' pictures. Uh-huh. They look like what you'd expect Russians to look like. <laughs> Like Russian mob bosses, right? Right. Like all they need was a tr- tracksuit and the chain. Correct. And Trump never heard of these guys. He never met them. He doesn't even know who they are, except for he has a hundred pictures with them both. There right. are meetings that have happened with these guys. So they try to carry out this secret mission to take out Masha Yovanovitch. Of course, that leads to all these other things. And what what does now this is a little diverting from what's been happening in the current impeachment hearings. This is going kind of into what's coming. Real quick, but I brought up Lev Parnas, and I think he is the most important figure in all this because Mr. Parnas knew that something was going to come 
from dealing with the President of the United States of America and doing some sort of dirty back-channel deal. And he knew that if that was the case, the first people to be outed would be himself and his partner. And he knew that if he was going to have any chance of living a normal life and not having a gate booty hole, uh, that he would have to give something to prosecutors. And AP, I don't know if you saw this reporting last night. It was a late evening report. But Lev Parnas has officially given the House Intel Committee audio and videotapes of Rudy and Trump in discussing these schemes directly. Oh. So, much like the Nixon story, guess what, bud? There are tapes. Right. We have reached that status. And, 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 And here's the worst part. Rudy Giuliani went on fucking the news channel the other day and was like, let Trump throw me under the bus. I've got insurance. So he's oh, I got shit. I remember hearing about that. He said, like, yeah, he has his own secret. Like, I don't know. I still don't quite understand really Gianni's involvement. Like, I, not his involvement, but why he's why Trump keeps him around. I mean, maybe there is that. There's more to be said about this insurance thing. Well, and then let me let me dive into Rudy's actual role because Rudy's role is kind of the point man. See, Trump being Trump, and we learned this from Michael Cohen, he never says anything direct because if he says it direct, guess what that means? It's proven fact this is what he's saying, and then it can be linked back to him. So he speaks in code. So he tells Rudy that he has a plan and he's going to do what he's doing, and obviously with Rudy he can tell the truth and say what he actually means because uh, uh, lawyer-client privilege so he says, we're going to investigate the Bidens. This is what we're going to do. You've got Giuliani going on Fox News before there were, you know, the whistleblower report came out saying that they were going on these investigations and trying to find out all this news. And all this stuff is breaking down. Mike Pompeo, aware of it. Mike Pence knows about it. Implicating all these people. And Lev Parnas was smart enough to just hold on to some tapes and to just keep some facts that he can't, you know... Un, unstoppable evidence if you've got audio of Trump saying, I need you to investigate and get rid of Joe Biden for me, huh? Right. Like, that's that's not a great thing to do. It's not. It's not. And that's, and I mean, literally, that's the tip of the iceberg because the Masha Yovanovitch thing, there are other people around her that are trying to figure out what's going on. You know, people are like, why are we impeaching the president? Well, there was aid withheld from the Ukrainians. $400 million of United States taxpayer money, Democrat, Republican, Independent alike, all of our money was held up and not given as important critical aid to the front line in the fight against Russia. Ukraine borders Russia. They literally have people die every week in war against Russia. It is a hot war currently happening. And Trump's, and Trump's people are going to be like, well, did the Trump administration give you the javelins or was it obama obama wasn't giving them javelins because at the time there was still dealing with this corruptness that was ukraine the actual corruption that was happening in ukraine not the corruption that that trump is touting the real corruption of a corrupt prosecutor not going after people and allowing money laundering and allowing crazy business deals to go down right so Oh, yeah, you gave them javelins now. Sure, yeah, uh-huh, because guess what happens? If those javelins were to, let's say, I don't know, fall into Russian hands, oops, we just freely gave the Russians weapons? Hmm, who does this yet again help? If that, if, if, if you're a Trump supporter and you're listening to this, 
Every question can be answered like this when you think about Trump's motives. Who does it help? And I guarantee you, 10 times out of 10, that's going to lead back to Russia and never back to the United States of America in yes. every single decision. It's a lot of, uh, it benefits people who are helping Trump. Because Trump, <laughs> Trump's still living for his post-presidential life of, if he can get away scot-free, of expanding his empire and doing all these stuff now. But like, oh, I can put a bunch of hotels in Russia when this is all over? All right, let's just keep making them happy. Or how about the huge business deal that happened shortly before he allowed uh, Kurds to be slaughtered by Turkey because there's a deal with Trump Tower in Turkey now? Yep, that's... So, I mean, you want to talk about a crooked president. He is, like, with a capital C, crooked. He is the epitome of everything corrupt that our founding fathers were like, listen, it's possible that a guy or a girl could become enriched with power and take over this office, and we have to have a defense mechanism. I think Adam Schiff has put together a very strong uh, case for this whole thing. You've got witnesses that say there there was a quid pro quo. Everybody knew. It was no secret. You had Gordon Zonlin on the stand testify publicly that Mike Pence knew aid was being withheld. He was aware of the plans. He was a part and possibly complicit with those plans. He didn't say exactly those words, but... He knew about those plans, and he was a part of things that were going on around that time. He took the meeting and went to the inauguration of uh, Zelensky instead of President Trump. Right. And in that meeting, what was raised? Hey, what's up with that aid? What are we doing? Oh, you need investigations? What kind? Okay. And that's where all the seeds start, man. Right. It's... So there's, it's just a web of stuff right now that are all just pointing in one direction and they're just trying to deny it. It's like the uh, that comic of the dog sitting in the room where everything's on fire and there's like, oh, this is fine. I feel like that's a lot of people are reacting right now. Correct, and, and it's not fine. I think a lot of people are afraid because we've seen an utter failure of our political system. You have people like, and I'm going to just go back to it because we kind of talked briefly about Lev Parnas, but like, you got people like Devin Nunez. I mentioned it earlier in the show. He went hunting with taxpayer money, campaign-funded money. He went hunting for dirt on Joe Biden as directed by Trump. And Lev Parnas has proof of that as well and is willing to testify on the stand that as much was done. Right. This is a motherfucker that got nothing to lose. He's a Ukrainian. He's stuck here. He's not going to get extradited. He's not going to get saved by Zelensky, especially if Zelensky touts anything about being anti-corruption like he ran on. Right. And I'm pretty sure if he went back to Ukraine, he wouldn't survive the night. I mean, I I think that actually kind of depends because I still think there are some sleeper-type agents in Ukraine that are making that government kind of have a little bit more trouble, especially, and that's another thing, where did this whole Ukraine scandal bullshit start? A former Ukrainian prosecutor who was pissed off that he got fired by Obama and the UN because they forcibly said, we will give you no more money until you are removed because you are corrupt and stealing this money. So we're not going to give you any more aid. That is different than saying, go investigate my political opponents or opponent singular 
or I will not give you a White House meeting. I will not give you the foreign aid. That's 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 extortion, right. it, bribery. It is. It's literally something like a shady, like a shady dictator. Like it's something that Russia would do. Like legitimately, like exactly. And you know what it makes us look like to Russia? Unreliable. Russia right. knows right now it could put itself in any place in the world, and we're not going to stop them. No. How, how could we even try to stop them? We can't fucking stop ourselves. Right. I mean, so we, it, it's a dangerous yeah. bed in a time we live in right now for sure. Right. And I, I honestly, I really want to know, and I know it keeps being delayed and stuff. I really want to see what comes of this whole thing with uh, Trump's financial records just to see. Like, I, know, I know there's probably stuff that's not on the books that's been well hidden through a lot of weird back channels, but there's got to be something on there that's not necessarily a smoking gun, but gives more insight into what is caught, like what get put him in the position he's in now. Well, here's the deal. If Trump was innocent, he would release it. If there was nothing to find, it would be, oh, no big deal, I'll release it. The only time people are hiding shit or don't want to show you some shit is because they're hiding some shit. Right. Anytime a person just straight up is like, here, I'll show you. That's like with a significant other. You can't walk up to your significant other and be like, let me check up your phone. That's a problem. Yeah, you, you know, can't. Like, that's some shady shit. Don't be dealing with me like that. If I say what's up on your phone, you better just be like, hey, that's what's up. It's not right. me trying to invade your shit. It's just like... If I don't keep tabs on anything, anything can happen. Right. Like, you can, you can see the other side, like, I don't want to tangent off it, but like, because sometimes if you're the one suspecting something, sometimes you're hiding something yourself, and you're just being extra suspicious of the people around you. But I think that's a that's just a side tangent off that, but... No, I, and I totally think that's a thing, too, and I think you see that with Trump and his, his demeanor. Everything that happens, every time someone points a finger at Trump and says, this is what you did... He goes, yeah, but Obama did this, but Hillary's emails. He points but what about ten this fingers and Biden? at other. Yeah, exactly. Like you see, like as the because even if I wasn't like keeping active tabs on like the impeachment products, I know what was kind of going on or got a vibe of what was going on based on Trump's Twitter activity, because it would peak and it would peak and valley based on the time of day, and usually it was something like read the transcripts, read the real report. Don't listen to this. This is ridiculous. Da, 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 da. I'm like, oh my god, he is lost. He it. went on the record and said, "What you're seeing and hearing isn't true. Don't believe it. What you see with your own eyes, what you hear with your own ears, is not the truth. Don't believe it." What the fuck are you doing, dude? Yeah, I, that's honestly, a dangerous thing to arm people with. Right. I honestly don't. Honestly, don't know what he expects. Like people just to blindly follow him. Yes. To like put their thumbs in their ears and talk really loud and only look at him. Like it's that. I. It's... Yeah, that's what it's come to, man. And uh, you know, uh, like I said, when you have a corrupt dude like Devin Nunez who was doing all these things on the on the taxpayer dollar, who is a part of the investigation into Ukraine, which he is actually now a part of, that's a problem. And another thing, let's talk about this. AP. Yes. I'm just going to throw an example out here to you. Tell me, tell me if it vibes. Okay, so you, AP, have done something extremely wrong, right? Okay. And they're trying to prove that you have done something extremely wrong. 
And now, whatever you did wrong is at the is in the highest level of the law. It's in front of the House Intelligence Committee, and they subpoena you. They say, "Hey, you need to come in. We need to talk to you." Okay. Right. If you ignore that subpoena, what would you right now expect to happen? Would they throw your ass in jail? Yes. So why are we not doing that with these fucking people who are in the White House? Right. They should put them under the fucking... Literally, Congress has a jail under Congress for that exact reason. People who are right. ignoring lawful subpoenas. Like, there's a whole... There's a what are we capital, doing? There's such thing as a capital of the police. They can just go round up any person if they want to. Yeah, and you're violent, not going to fucking... Ignoring a subpoena is a crime. Like That's not something that can be... It's typically not enforced, but it's you can do it. Like I just I saw just before we started recording about uh, Trump's lawyer being ah uh, Don McGahn. yeah saying like no you can't ignore the subpoena you gotta go like they they will get you if you <coughs> try and hold this off. Well, and I think, like I said, this whole thing is collapsing in on itself as days and days go on. You know, at what point? When does the levy break? I think is now the question. Right, if there right are now. tapes, yeah, go ahead. And republic, if if there are tapes and Republicans hear them, they now have a moral obligation to make this decision. Right. Either you defend the Constitution in your country, or if the whole world hears Donald Trump clearly say, I need you to investigate Joe Biden to get rid of him because he's got a chance to beat me in 2020, guess what? Now if you're a Republican and you still side with Trump, you are officially marked a traitor by everyone who has a brain. And right. we are not going to let it go. But Like the we've... Civil War, we are ignorant to allow people to still have the Confederate flags. And I know that's been almost systematically phased down as we've moved into a more inclusive time, but there are still confederate flags flying around but they fucking lost right like, and confederate monuments that are still in place some are being dismantled and taken down but still many that hang proudly in government buildings and in front of government ooh, is, ha is hang proudly a poor choice of words yeah that's uh that's not the best thing to say that is a that is a joe biden move right there um, <laughs> it was it was a joe biden move yeah. Um, no, I lost what I was going to say. Um, sorry, I fucking tangented us off into yeah, the fucking wilderness uh, there. It, it'll come back, but... Um, We're on I think it's interesting. And I wouldn't be... Honestly, wouldn't be surprised if... Trump has something planned to just, like... Take, take his money and run, so to speak, and just bounce before we get to the whatever the end result of this impeachment procedure is. So Open. let's talk about that, because I actually have a thought on that, and I'm really stoked you brought it up. But continue your thought. I don't want to cut you off. No, go ahead. We, we can continue talking about the whole, uh, well, the whole resignation. Trump's, con Trump's contingency plan has already been started, bro. It's already in the works in front of everybody's eyes, everybody's ears, everybody's nose. And either you're smart enough to see right through the fucking lines or you're basically really fucking ignorant to the truth. Because how ironic and weird is it that a couple days or right around the time Gordon Sondland testifies that 
Trump, yes, there was a quid pro quo. Yes, he everyone knew, and, and as I've said that before, and, and you had others come forward. There was David Holmes, who was a part of a phone conversation that Gordon Sondland had with the president, where the president only brought up investigations in Biden's, and it was clearly audible because of how loud the president was screaming through the phone. Right. Okay. So all these things considered, man, and I just want to, uh, you know, talk about the contingency plan that shortly thereafter, like a day or two after, you can fact check me on exactly the time frame. I want to say it was like two days after. All of a sudden, Trump is going to see his doctor for what they're calling a ahead of schedule uh, physical first half checkup to just get it done because he's going to be busy in 2020. Oh, unscheduled, that, that, unscheduled. Uh... Nobody knew in the hospital. The Secret Service told, was told to tell media not to report it on it until after they were at the hospital. Um, right. So he goes to the doctor. He doesn't have a great time. Or he has a fine time, but they're like, oh, yeah, we can definitely tell them that you're not uh, like physically well enough to run this country. It's fucking you up. And then all he's got to do is go, I'm physically unwell and I need to resign. And look what happens. It just he it's not gonna stop the investigations, let's be real. They're still no. gonna investigate the absolute. Well, even, even the fuck Mueller out of investigation him. said that you know, once he only thing keeping him from being indicted on that whole stuff is the fact that the language around being president and all that was what's unclear. Because you cannot indict a sitting president as it stands. That is that is the that is the word incorrect. So and I, don't, I think he's hoping that maybe once if he does Prove that he's unfit to leave. But that would just be the end of it. Like, oh, okay, well, you're out. No harm, no foul. Moving on. Like, that's what they're hoping. But I can't imagine him being that foolish to think that that he could just get away scot free with all he's done. Not when you get to that level of power. There's going to be a check to that balance. Like, I'm going to use a. Um, is his name Chouette Okafor? He was uh, Baron Mordo. Four. He was. Uh, He's in Twelve Years a Slave. He was Baron Mordo in uh, Doctor Strange. He's done. Yeah, a, he's, done a, what, he's done a few things. And do you know what his line in Doctor Strange was that is so fucking true? What the the bill always comes due. That is accurate. And at some point, Trump is going to have to pay that bill, whether it's all the bills he didn't pay on the campaign or all the bills he doesn't pay for every rally he holds or all the actual bills for, you know, all the fake college students that he had to fucking deal with or stealing from veterans or... What was the one thing it was uh, his foundation had to, like, fold because they stole money or didn't appropriate it right or something? They stole $2 million from veterans, bro. Oh, my gosh. He stole two million dollars from a veterans fund oh and let's not we haven't even talked about that either how about donald trump jr's book allegedly making the new york times bestseller only for the new york times to take it away because what the republican national committee bought a hundred thousand or ten thousand copies of his fucking book to make it a quote-unquote bestseller that is that's pretty funny like how fucking weak do you have to be donald trump jr yeah, I thought it was, uh, I saw um, someone responded, because um, when Donald Trump Jr. wrote the book, um, or when he, when he, like, the book came out, all that 
Donald Trump tweeted uh, in praise of the book, and then someone tweeted back saying, it's funny that Trump is tweeting about a book he didn't read written by his son who didn't actually write it. And I was like, that sounds like the Trumps to a T is that you know that he didn't write that book himself. He Absolutely. He, also, he you know, I, yeah. let's talk about this a little bit. We need to change our language, I think. And when I say this, I, th- I, ho- I hope you'll appreciate it. We can't say we trumped someone anymore. You know what I'm saying? Or there's not a Trump card. You can't use that phrase anymore. We have to listen. From now on, Trump needs to mean like bullshit or traitor or fucking like Benedict Arnold. Like that. That that, that is what needs to hold on into the future uh, instead of uh, Trump being like a powerful term. Because the only reason they picked that last name, fucking losers. But I digress. Um, right. The Trump is now the Joker in the deck of cards. Yes, n- not even. It's the fucking inform- it's like the fucking barcode card that you just have to have in there so they can scan that all the cards made it successfully into the deck. Oh gosh. Yeah, that's doesn't That's unfortunate is that the last name is co- so common that it it's used in everyday vernacular for things that aren't that don't have to do with him. Exactly. And that's what I'm saying. It it, it it comes from us all being hyper aware and going, okay, well, we can either keep using that word and like just ignore that, or because it's a shame on that dude's name and his his like the word Trump in our society will never be the same. Right. If you look at this period of time, when people are in the when when I'm like 95 years old, dude, my balls are down to my ankles. I'm going to be like, I remember when people used to say Trump before it was a bad word. Right. You know, when we played Euchre and I got the Trump card and it meant good things, you know? And now it's like, ugh, it just disgusts you. It just makes you want to fucking gag. I don't think that's biased. I don't think that's because I'm a Democrat. I think that even if I, because I, you know, even if I had some more conservative beliefs, I think that what this president has done, literally, if you look through history, Every fucking dead president is rolling in their grave. Obama, Jimmy Carter's trying to get to his fucking grave because of how fucked up he feels over all this shit. He's like, I'm just going to take another drop down these fucking stairs and hope that I don't survive. And I'm not trying to be rude to Jimmy Carter, love him and everything, but like, it's bad, man. Everybody wants off the boat because of how awful this thing has been driven. And uh, Hours and hours and hours of testimony and, and everything right. like that. I mean, you could literally quiz me for five hours, and I could tell you all kinds of crazy facts that I learned about during these uh, hearings. Right. I think the only one actively clinging to life at all this is is freaking the Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She is she is held together with duct tape and hope at this point, but she is she is making it through until there's a Democratic president in office. Episode title: Duct Tape and Hope. That's based. I like that. That's um, great. Yeah, that's I. Yeah, I, there, we could easily go out of this. I know we're getting, uh, we're past the hour mark now. Um, I definitely think we need to uh, definitely revisit this. I feel like I don't know what's going to happen with Swamp Beach stuff over the holidays. I don't know if they're planning to. I don't know when this session ended or if they're having a break for the holidays. I don't know what they're. Yeah, they said that they're going to come back after Thanksgiving. Adam Schiff actually today released a, you know what, if you, if you, this is a good place to close. 
because I think it says everything that needs to be said that came from the impeachment uh, hearings. Because today, uh, where is it, where is it, where is it, where is it? He released, Adam Schiff releases the, uh, it was a letter to his um, constituents in the House talking about how to move forward. And essentially in it, as I'm uh, trying to find the actual article itself that has the, ah, here we go, the letter to lawmakers. Uh, he mentioned how they're going to they're going to send this to the Judiciary Committee after they return from Thanksgiving break. So, full letter. It's only about, like, five paragraphs. I'll read it swiftly. Uh, Dear colleagues, the House Intelligence Committee has just concluded two weeks of public hearings as a part of the House of Representatives impeachment inquiry, during which time the American people heard from 12 witnesses, including three witnesses requested by the minority. These hearings were conducted pursuant to House Resolution 660 in a fair and open manner, in a way that put the witnesses' own words and testimony front and center. These hearings were supplemented by 17 depositions and transcribed interviews conducted by the Intelligence Committee in coordination with the Committees on Oversight and Reforms and Foreign Affairs. In addition, the committees issued dozens of document requests and subpoenas over the previous six weeks. We've been working expeditiously and have uncovered a massive amount of evidence in a short order despite wholesale efforts to obstruct the investigation by the president and his administration. I'm immensely grateful for the staff and the members of the three committees who've worked long nights as a team for months, doing their work selflessly and skillfully. I'm proud of the work we have done, and I believe the American people should be as well. I particularly want to thank our friend and dear colleague, Elijah Cummings, who remains our North Star, although he's no longer with us, as well as my colleagues, Elliot Engel and Carolyn Maloney. I want to acknowledge the important work of Maxine Waters, Jerry Nadler, and Richie Neal's committees. Into the heart of what he's trying to say here, he says, Over the course of our inquiry, we have uncovered a month-long effort in which President Trump again sought foreign interference in our elections for his personal and political benefit at the expense of our national interest. As the evidence conclusively shows, President Trump conducted official acts uh, or conditioned official acts, a White House meeting desperately desired by the new Ukrainian president and critical U.S. military assistance on a Ukrainian announcing sham politically motivated investigations that would help President Trump uh, in his 2020 re-election campaign. The corrupt intent made plain in the record of the July 25 call between Trump and Zelensky has been supplemented by significant evidence showing that the extent of the president's abuse of power both before and after the July 25 telephone call. This conduct direct, uh, directed by the president not only became more, uh, not only became more insidious over time, but was also known to the vice president, the president's chief of staff, the secretary of state, and others down the line. As required of them by duly authorized subpoenas, many witnesses came forward to present the facts of the president's misconduct to the committee. Several witnesses did despite great risk to their careers as public servants and at great personal risk as well. The testimony and documents we have succeeded in acquiring reveal a fact pattern that is overwhelming, unchallenged, and damning. However, it is the case that the administration undertook an unprecedented campaign of obstruction in an effort to prevent the committees from obtaining document, documentary evidence and testimony. A dozen witnesses followed President Trump's orders to defy lawful subpoenas. We talked about that. And the White House, State Department, Department of Defense, Office of Management and Budget, and the Department of Energy have provided 
zero documents in response to subpoenas. In fact, the committee did not receive a single document from any executive branch agency pursuant to our subpoenas. And yet this effort to stonewall failed in the face of repeated witness testimony that provided the committee with direct evidence of the president's actions and identified records documenting the president's efforts and the complicity of senior officials in it. I think that line is very important. <clears throat> Here is as we finish up. Uh, the investigation work continues as we are learning additional information almost every day. But while we continue with our investigative work, we do not foreclose the possibility of further depositions or hearings. We will not allow the president or others to drag this out for months on end in courts. The president has accepted or enlisted foreign nationals to interfere in our upcoming elections, including the next one. This is an urgent matter that cannot wait if we are to protect our nation's security and the integrity of our elections. As required under House Resolution 660, the committees are now prepared to report, uh, preparing a report summarizing the evidence we have found so far, which will be transmitted to the ju Judiciary Committee soon after Congress returns from the Thanksgiving recess. That's an update on your timeline. We will catalog the instances of non-compliance with lawful subpoenas as a part of our report to the Judiciary Committee. For some reason, I cannot get that word out today. Which yeah, will allow the committees... One. It is a weird one. Which will allow that committee to consider whether an article of impeachment based on obstruction of Congress is warranted along with an article or articles based on the underlying conduct or other presidential misconduct. Such obstruction was the basis of the third article of impeachment against President Richard Nixon. Further, we will be forced to infer from this obstruction that the testimony of these witnesses would tend to incriminate the president further since he would have encouraged rather than blocked the testimony of such senior officials as uh, acting chief of staff Mulvaney, secretary of state Mike Pompeo, and former national security advisor ambassador John Bolton, if he believed it would somehow be helpful to him. The fact that the president has uniformly instructed all executive branch agencies and senior officials to obstruct the investigation further demonstrates consciousness of guilt on the part of the president. Three lines left here. Even as we draft our report, we are open to the possibility that further evidence will come to light. That's the Lev Parnas stuff, whether in the form of witnesses who provide testimony or documents that become available. If other witnesses seek to show the same patriotism and courage of their colleagues and deputies and decide to obey their duties to the country over fealty to the president, we are prepared to hear from them. We, follow up, we will follow up on any additional evidence, even as we proceed with the preparation of our of report. But the evidence of wrongdoing and misconduct by the president that we have gathered to date is clear and hardly in dispute. What is left to us now is to decide whether this behavior is compatible with the offices of the presidency and whether the constitutional process of impeachment is warranted. It has been our hope all along that our Republican colleagues would seek the facts and give due consideration to the weighty constitutional decision before us, placing country above party. We still hope that will be the case. We cannot relinquish our constitutional responsibilities because others may choose to do so. Chairman Nadler and members of the staff of the Judiciary Committee will proceed into the next phase of the impeachment inquiry. I urge all members to find guidance from our oath of office to protect and defend our Constitution. For the people, we must defend our democracy. I hope all of you have a safe and restive and reflective holiday season. Sincerely, Adam Schiff. So, yeah, wow. lots and lots there, but very, very, yes. very, very cutthroat. Definitely. It seemed like they were – they didn't help back. There was – you kind of put it all out there, like this is, this is what's happening. You can't, can't resort to intimidation tactics. We are, we are coming for every single one of you involved. And it was also just, and he's also very complimentary to the people on his, on his team. And yeah, it's, 
I think we're going to see some change. I don't think they're going to be able to put hold this off much longer. No way. And uh, I, I also believe that, um, you know, we are in a really interesting time right now because, as we do know, there is more damning evidence. There is more stuff. They've also discussed, I read uh, an article today saying how they are talking about articles of impeachment involving the Mueller investigation because there's stuff there that was left untouched and untethered that they can kind of scoop into all of this possibly but um of all the things and all the testimony i think the most damning thing for the entire thing was the official throwing under the bus of mike pence he is now implicated in this which means there is zero chance congress will allow him to take over the presidency if trump were to resign right because they have to vote to allow it to happen he can't just self-appoint and go that's it that's how it works they almost did that with, it, I think it was almost during the Nixon impeachment, he almost selected somebody else, and they said no, and then they came back with, well, Gerald Ford, and everybody was like, yeah, he's fine, because he's pretty much been like on the front lines anyway. So, yeah, totally, it should be him. Right. Um, but, you know, I just think that they have to unanimously agree on it, and if they don't, I'm telling you, man, Pence is going to end up, being a lot bigger part of this before it's all said and done too and i think if i were to put a prediction on it i say honestly we're going to have the wrap up to the trump saga march of 2020 at the absolute latest i think we're going to get some stuff that's going to carry into there they're maybe going to be deeper in the trial during the trial there might be more evidence more damning evidence need to hear from more people things of that nature and it's just going to drag the process out just a little bit further but by march i think we're going to have a clear cut picture of of uh what's happened to the white house right. and the presidency I think yeah, I think the Republican Party, once they realize that Trump is not going to be around, they're going to want him out so they can get another candidate up to the plate to run in twenty twenty. And so they're going to want to. And once you get to there, want to definitely settle up before the RNC convention in July. So well, they're going to want that. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. No, you go ahead. It's your show. Yeah. So they're going to want. Um, yeah, I don't know what their backup plan is, but they're gonna want some a strong contender. If they realize Trump isn't that guy, they're gonna want someone in that position that'll be able to try and put all of this impeachment stuff behind them to have a chance to hold on to power in twenty in uh in November. Well, but here's we'll, the un- here's the unfortunate truth, though, bro. At this point. The Republicans are fucked anyways, because who in the Republican Party are you going to put up to run for president after all this? Because all of them are sullying their names. Right. I mean, oh, there's literally, a- there's no there's no recourse here. It's like he's sinking the fucking ship he was supposed to be helming. Right. Yeah, I think anyone that they could put up would either, yeah, would be tainted by this whole thing, or is a, is a minor enough player on the Republican Party to not win anyway. Like, absolutely. Because anyone whose name is in the public right now is either actively for the impeachment or actively against it. And that either way they're involved in it. Yeah. Okay. So I look, I just looked at the thing you sent me earlier and I think we missed one topic. I'm going to be like lightning fast. You uh, mentioned (coughs) Bloomberg. I forgot to cover that. Yes, um, we can talk about that really quick because I saw that he 
It was either Fuck t- Michael Bloomberg. There's no way it matters now. Throw all the money in the world that you wanted it. It doesn't matter. You're, well, we you, saw you're, it. you're not going to captivate people like the people that are running right now. They're too, people right. are too passionate, and it's the actual millennials, the actual millennials who are taking charge in this next election. That's right. what I think remember, we act. Go ahead. You remember what happened um, with Michael Schultz, the former CEO of Starbucks, when he threw his name in the hat or in the ring, and they're just like, "No, we don't care if you have a ton of money. That's exactly. not what it's we like, need right now." You need throw to all the money and in the he, world at it. It's not going to help. Yeah. So then he left, and that was that was we're all better off for that. So it's just like right and now, we, I feel like Michael Bloomberg was last second. Like, oh shit, I might want to do this just in case. Right. I mean, if it didn't work for Bill De Blasio, it's not going to work for Bloomberg. Nope. Not at all. Yeah. We don't need another mayor of New York or anyone. I feel like anyone from New York is kind of tainted by the, everything else. It's like correct. We don't need Mayor Giuliani in there. God, I still love when no. like I still love when someone makes a claim that's easily disproven. Was like Hillary Clinton was never on the grounds of 9/11. I'm like, you have a picture next to her. I was like, what are you, what are you smoking? <laughs> and are you gonna share? <laughs> no, he uh, won't share because it's illegal. Damn it! Yeah. It's like uh, Joe Biden trying uh, fuck Joe Biden, but like him trying to say that marijuana should not be decriminalized, and then he backpedaled on stage and like I did I meant that it should be decriminalized. I didn't that's not what I was saying. I think yeah he's he's flip flopping, but you know one thing I didn't bring up that I was going to see what you think. What it, you are a big uh Pete fan. What are your thoughts on the fact that he has a very close relationship with Facebook? Like with Zuckerberg and Facebook as a corporation. Do you think that equals anything bad Going forward, we saw that Facebook and social media was a big reason they were allowing ads and their course and how they were handling political ads was very problematic. Honestly, okay, so Mayor Pete is, I don't know how to word this, he's not the perfect candidate, and... I see that relationship as right now it's a business thing and it could be, you know, it is what it is. But ultimately, as long as it's, listen, if, if Pete Buttigieg becomes the next president, anything he does is better than where we are. Right. Like by a large margin. So nothing would be better than where we are. Exactly. Absolutely. Like just, Keep the lights on. That's kind of all we need at this point. Which fucking Trump didn't do for some time. We've been in a couple government shutdowns since he's been right. president and shit like that. But like, honestly, reasons. with with the whole thing with it's like, listen, I think Pete is a good ideal candidate to unite our country. That's what I see in Pete Buttigieg for president. I think he's right. a unifier, an ultimate unifier. I think he can reach across all the aisles. He can unite the the gay and lesbian communities to communities that don't quite get it and whatnot because he's like look i'm just a fucking normal guy and who i'm laying in bed next to is doesn't fucking matter it's not your business are you watching me like and he's he's relatively moderate all things considered you know yeah but like listen and the same token if you're gonna incite change and you know honestly i think that liz warren got lit up in one of the last debates about this but like if you don't have the 
fearlessness to just say we're going to burn it to the ground and start fresh, like, why are you running for president? Because the hope of just keeping it status quo is no longer good enough. Right. Because, you know, like you said, you could just keep the lights on and it is better. That's true. But if we're going to have to have suffered from how bad it's been on this one way, why the fuck not try to turn it the other way and see how that works out? Right. You know, maybe give some of these Republicans who are talking all this mad shit about how, quote unquote, socialism will never work. But if their house caught on fire, they sure as fuck aren't calling to ask if the fire department will please put the fire out. Right. They're expecting it. You know what I'm saying? And that's still socialism. They're stakes. There's all this. uh, That's a whole. We could literally sit here for 10 hours, dude, and podcast about all the things, you know. Right. Definitely. We're going to have to have you back because we could. Or one one day we just need to sit down podcast for like four hours and then just break it up over a, like a few weeks. But I'm into that fun. after the holidays, we should definitely do that. Once we're a little clearer on what's going on with the next yeah. phase of the impeachment, we can like yeah, maybe be dig a, in and do something. I think a nice 2020 activity would be like, I just come and hang out at your place and we podcast for a few hours on get yes. deep and Fuck dirty yes. on all this. Fuck yes. stuff. We'll get as deep and dirty as Trump was in Stormy Daniels. Oh, that's... Oh, it wasn't very deep because apparently he's got a tiny wang. But anyways. Um, I'm, just, I'm just... Maybe just, you could have me I back. See, I, I just see Jabba the Hutt. That's all I'm just... Uh, but a solo. <laughs> slobbering all over. The- hey, by the way, bro, live on the podcast, get fucking Disney Plus. That's me talking you into it. <laughs> Thank you. I, I'm I'm really concerned. I, I've had a couple. People it's the best money this. you'll spend, bro. Even if you just get the six ninety nine straight up Disney Plus and don't worry about bundling it with Hulu and other shit. Like seriously, you will go down a rabbit hole. And plus, don't you want to offer the Disney Plus and thrust to fucking Liz, bro? That is true. That is true. <laughs> so uh, maybe I'll just that'll be her Christmas gift. <laughs> hey, there you go. Or one of there them. There you go. I'm sure. Oh, there you go. Um, yeah. but. But man, maybe for episode fifty, uh, I can come back on and we can do something spectacular about it. There, there might be some bigger breaking news then. I mean, especially if tapes come out, man. If we get tapes of Trump, dude, we'll fucking Definitely. blare that shit on this network. Every podcast, even if it doesn't have to do with politics, it's gonna be. It'll start with him fucking saying shit. Get it across oh, sure. everybody's mind. Yeah, maybe we'll get, get you. Maybe we'll get another person from the network on as well. We'll have we'll have a good time for that for sure. Yeah, that would be awesome. That would absolutely, I'm absolutely down, bro. Just let me know. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think that'll do it for this episode. Um, also, just uh, I know as we're going to the holidays, you're going to be with uh, a lot of family that mean a lot to you that have differing political views than you. You have to make sure to not stir the pot too much when you're out there with your family. They are still your family after all, and you can have a nice discussion, but don't let it ruin your familial relationships because of where your political ideals fall. That's just kind of my my two cents on that. This is going to be the toughest holiday season in regards to the politics we've probably ever witnessed as a nation after the Civil War. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, Because everything is at an all-time high. Yeah, it'll definitely be interesting Thanksgiving. But for the most part, everyone is kind of on the same page, or at least understanding of the other. There's not too many large-scale arguments that Remember, if you really... Oh, sorry. Oh, I didn't, I didn't say that. You can go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, and remember, 
If you want to test how much your family loves you, just set your Wi-Fi password to impeach four five. And if they really, if they really want that Wi-Fi, they're gonna have to Say have a it. conversation. Just saying. Oh my gosh. That that's that's a good way to end this. So thank you, Nate, for uh, for joining me here on episode forty six. It's been a lot of fun. I love just talking politics with you. It's always a nice change of pace, and I feel like we get into such good discussions when when it's the two of us. So it's it like hurts to on. put it like hurts to put the brakes on it, you know? Right. Like I want like it's like if it wasn't like eleven at night and I have to be up for work in the morning, I'd be like, let's just keep going, but. Totally, a, and, and I appreciate that, man. Yeah, it's been busy a, for you anyways. Oh, yeah. So I am uh, definitely looking forward to some time off uh, from work for the holidays and, yeah, just getting getting some, kind of on some sleep. But Getting yeah. turkey drunk on trip to Pan. Oh, cannot wait. <laughs> cannot wait. Love awesome. the, can't wait for, like, I also can't wait for the morning after with those like cold turkey sandwiches. Oh, oh. Or just going to your now. fridge and taking a piece of turkey out of the container and just being like, oh, no, no, no. Uh, almost better than the day of. Mm. Hell yeah, brother. Well, now I'm hungry. So, <laughs> but, uh, so I think that'll do it for Poor 360, episode 46. I'm Andrew. I'm Nate. You guys have a great week.